Welcome to the True Sales Podcast. My name is Adam Cox, and this is a show where I get to speak all things sales with leaders, founders, owners, and directors. I'll be speaking to guests from all over Australia, getting their thoughts on subjects like sales processes, strategies, coping with setbacks, and establishing and maintaining the right mindset. This week, I'm joined by Tim Palmer, who is the sales director for a company called InstaCluster. Tim has a solid background from starting his career on a graduate program within service delivery at a company called Rackspace. Here is where he earned his stripes and naturally progressed into sales. Tim now heads up the Asia-Pacific market for InstaCluster. He tells me about his journey from starting a graduate program within a large organization to moving to InstaCluster, a fast-growing small business that were relatively new to the market where he was the first salesperson to join. We talk all things sales, and Tim gives an incredible amount of value throughout this episode for anyone working within the sales industry at any level. Hey there, Tim. Hey, Adam. How you doing? Yeah, very good. How you doing? You okay? Yeah, good, mate. uh, Thanks for joining me on the uh, True Sales Podcast. Really appreciate it. Um, I always, as as you've probably found with the the other guests that I have on, I always do a bit of a brief introduction before uh, uh, we have a conversation. Uh, But just for the sake of the audience, just give us a bit of a a background in terms of yourself, your experience and and where you've come from. Yeah, sure thing, mate. Um, So my name is Tim Palmer. Um, I'm the current APEC Sales Director at InstaCluster. Um, a little bit about me, I'm from Christchurch, New Zealand. Um, I was born and bred there. Uh, went to uni there, studied um, Bachelor of Arts in uh, Anthropology and uh, Media and Communications. Um, cool. And then I did a, a postgraduate in, um, in Business Management, so a, a, a PG uh, dip BM. So um, after then, it was a, so there was a fairly sort of unfocused um, unstrategic kind of uh, mix and and studies but um, from there I actually went into um, hospitality for a while so I was I was managing restaurants and cafes in Christchurch uh, following the the earthquakes there um, in in 2011 so um, that was you know a a sort of great experience I think um, you know we're very much um, you know encourage people to to get into that that line of work I think it's very good for building character Um, But, mate, from there, I, I really went traveling. Uh, so I went uh, around Europe. Um, I, the whole goal was to actually get a job in the UK. Okay. Um, and, Why would you want to do that? <laughs> well, exactly. Uh, I think, in retrospect, it was a very, very silly idea. Yeah. Um, but, mate, it was, it was one of those things, I think, as a, um, as a junior, you know, someone with, with not, not a lot of uh, kind of career experience under their belt, yeah. going to London and trying to land a, a big job there was a, a bit of a pipe dream. Um, yeah. And with not a lot of cash in my pocket, it made it even harder. So I um, actually landed in Sydney and um, had a lot of good friends over here. And the job market was a lot stronger. Um, yep. So I ended up going through um, a recruitment agency that specialised in, in undergraduates and placing them um, into um, into different different organisations. And I, I got picked yep. up uh, by a company called Rackspace um, that are mm. that are a US based company. So yep. sort of earned my stripes there. Went through from um, service delivery, account coordination, project management, um, business development, and new sales and. Um, sort of led to, led to, to where I am today at InstaCluster. 
Yeah, no, fantastic. So, so that so was was that a natural transition into the sales role for you, or because because that sounds like a quite a varied uh, amount of experience, or was that the the whole plan going in on a graduate sort of uh, scheme there? Yeah, so I, I think as the um, I was kind of sold the graduate scheme as a you'll you'll get a, a direct road into sales, and your first gig is going to be you know you'll be hitting phones and selling. Um, okay. when you, when you actually start an organization, you know, like Rackspace, um, mm. you realize it's kind of not as, as simple as that and you kind of have to earn your stripes. Um, yeah. so I, um, yeah, really started in a, from a service delivery, um, aspect. So a lot of the post sales, yeah. making sure that, you know, the customer has a good experience and, um, it kind mm. of, you know, it was, it was actually in, in retrospect, a really good way to go about it because you, you get a, a really good picture of what a good sale and a bad sale looks like. <laughs> yeah. And, and it does that, like you said, then it helps in terms of um, you going into a sales role. And is, is, is that because you could, can, can actually empathize a little bit be, bit more with the uh, customer uh, when you are out on the, on the road as a sales professional? Yeah, I think so. I think the, the big thing is, is that, you know, you, you kind of see, I mean, from, from the outside looking in, especially as a, you know, looking at a sales org that has, you know, really tight targets, you know, that they're, they're yeah. um, recognized on a monthly basis and you, you've just got to make sales and you've got to mm. hit the well-oiled machine. But what some of those things that you see from the outside is that um, a lot of that can often um, contribute to, to not a great customer experience because you're not, mm you're not really mirroring their buying cycle. You're more imposing your, your sales cycles onto them. So, yeah. um, you know, kind of take, taking those learnings and, and also, you know, around what a good and bad customer looks like um, was, mm. I think, really important in, in kind of developing my overall approach to, to sales. Yeah, sure. So, so coming out of uh, uni and, and going through the, the sort of the qualifications that you had, and you said there you, there was a, you were sold the graduate program to go into sales. What was it about sales initially that sort of drew you in and, and sort of tempted you? Well, I think sales has always kind of been something that I've been naturally drawn to. And mm. I, I guess, you know, I've, I've always, you know, my dad was a, was a great sales guy. I think I've got a lot of good friends that were, um, that are, that have really, you know, done very well in sales, both you yeah. know, professionally and commercially and everything like that. Um, I think when I was when I started at Rackspace, kind of I got my first taste of what professional sales is, yeah. And you know that kind of opened my eyes a lot because you know it's so much more than you know salespeople often get a bad rap of, you know, just pushing stuff down your throat and not leave you alone and just being an annoyance. Mm. Where yeah. this was really, you know, I guess opened my eyes towards like what you can act, the value that you can bring to the customer experience. You know, drawing out what they actually want, um, you know, learning how to qualify, learning the business processes behind, you know, how they go, go about making a decision um, mm. and actually, you know, being a, a more value added role within that yeah. whole experience. So, yeah, I think that's kind of what drew, drew me over to it. And, um, mm. yeah, haven't, haven't looked back. Okay, no, fantastic. Because you, you were there for nearly almost five years at Rackspace, and they're a relatively um, sort of large uh, organization. So, what made you make that jump in in, in the end to Instacluster, which who are a relative or a lot smaller than Rackspace initially? Yeah, so it was a, I guess it was an interesting transition, and it wasn't one that I necessarily planned for. Um, Rackspace was. Um, an amazing sales machine. Like they, like that's where you learn your craft. 
yeah. you know, they, they put a lot of emphasis on, on building professional salespeople and consultative yeah. selling and actually, you know, building a lot of those, those really key foundational skills that I guess, you know, can, can make a really successful salesperson moving on. So yeah. that was like a, a massively valuable experience for me. Um, and it's one that, you know, I still look back on and look over all my notes and stuff like that, just to make sure I'm, I'm keeping up to up, up, up on the ball. But, um, okay. I think, I think the thing is, is like with those larger organizations, you've always got a very defined territory and there's yep. always so only so far that you can go within the organizational structure. Yep. Um, you know, you might, if you're lucky, get to a sales manager or, you know, something like that, yep. um, and so even though, you know, I think the great parts of it is that you learn a lot, you get way better. Um, yeah. You've got a lot of support around you. You know, you've got SEs, inside sales, marketing, um, and they, it produces really good results. Yeah. I think the negative side of it is that it can be very prescriptive and very, you know, you've got your patch and that's yeah. all you can do. Yeah. Um, the, the, I think the big draw card for Instacluster was the opportunity for me to be able to go into a, a very fast growing business yeah. and establish a business unit in and of itself and build out, you know, a great success story. And, you know, still my goal today is to, to make this the, the most successful business unit uh, in the company. Yeah, no, fantastic. And, and just for the sake of the audience, and what, just, just give us a bit of a, an overview in terms of Instacluster and what, what they do, what they sell, and who to. Yeah, sure. So Instacluster, we were founded back in 2012. Yep. Um, so founded in Canberra by two uh, technical co-founders. Um, really what they did was they built a, this platform that's all around solving the complexities of running um, massively scalable applications on the cloud. Okay. Um, to deliver always-on availability. So the likes of Apple, Netflix, eBay, Facebook, Instagram, they all yep. use um, our supported technologies to power their production systems. Okay. So, so what we've done is we've, provide, we've built a um, managed services platform of what we consider to be essentially the most uh, mature database technologies in the market. Um, and that, that is Apache, Cassandra, uh, Kafka, Spark, and Elasticsearch. So yep. what, we, what we enable is just companies to leverage this as a service um, to be able to, uh, I guess, achieve always-on availability, global scale, uh, without having to, to invest in the, the time and effort to, to do that themselves. And in regards to their, um, where they were in the market when you first joined, um, so two years ago, what... what what was that standing like? Was they was they relatively uh, already quite established since two thousand twelve, or still quite early on? Uh, so it was pretty. It was it was still fairly new. So yeah. they had had a couple of funding rounds. Um, yeah. Bailador and OIF were the were the two major um, investors in the in the two two sort of funding rounds that, that I had um, you know previous for me, for me to coming on. So I think they would yeah. raised about nine million. Um, they, they had a, a, a pretty decent customer base, um, yeah. but it was sort of 90, 95% based in the U S. Yeah, um, and that's predominantly just kind of talks to the market maturity, um, and you know, where organizations are in terms of their technology, uh, adoption over there, you know, they're yeah. much more advanced in terms of, you know, leveraging these open source data technologies. So 
that was naturally where our product was better fit. Okay. Um, and now, you know, where we are today, it's, it's really developed, you know, a lot more. Yeah. And, and, and what was the sales function uh, like before you got there? Was, was there anyone actually on the ground um, sort of shouting about the solutions <laughs> or was it you the first person in there? Uh, well, I was essentially the first person. So there was a, I think there was a false start or two that I probably can't go into too much. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I understand. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, so essentially it was just, just me, um, one man on the ground really to, to build this. So I think we, we literally had one customer um, in, in APAC when I, when I came yeah. on board, um, which, okay. was, which was nearly two years ago. Wow, okay. Um, so now, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's over a million dollar business unit now with yeah. um, over 15 or so uh, new, new logos in that time. So yeah. it's, um, you know, it's, it's been a massive shift. And I, I think as well, like when, when I first started in Cluster, um, so we were, we were just a pure play managed Apache Cassandra uh, mm. provider. And so this yeah. is the, the technology that essentially Facebook invented to, uh, address the problem of scale like okay so tr traditional technologies couldn't deal with the amount of volume and complexity of, of data that facebook had so mm. they built this database platform called cassandra they yeah. open sourced it netflix apple ebay um, adopted it um, okay. and then and then sort of it became the gold standard right and so so when i when i came in in 2012 uh sorry when i came in uh 2016 even in Australia, then it was very an early adopters market, and so only yeah. like there was, there were only a few like you know like the Atlassians, um, and Vero, and a couple of others that were really using it um, in this yeah. market in production. Um, okay. But now what we're seeing is you know the big enterprises of the world sort of using this as um, as kind of their their key data stores. Yeah. So, so what was from your first day then? So coming from such a, a large organization like Rackspace, uh, Rackspace, mm. Rackspace sorry, uh, and uh, and then going into that, and you're the first person on the south uh, on on the ground, and uh, they've had a couple previously that's not not necessarily succeeded. But what was you? Um, what was your plan? What was your sort of initial challenges, and how did you go about them? Yeah. So I think so. My, my initial plan was. Like, I mean, really, the, the focus of the role was to, to close new business, right? So yeah. it was really to come in and get some quick wins. I mean, okay. so, the, so the, from my perspective, it was come in, get some quick wins, learn more about the company, learn more about who the customers are, why they chose Instacluster, yeah. talk to the other sales guys about what we look for when we qualify, um, talk to the tech ops team about what they do on a day-to-day -day basis and, and really just try to formulate a really solid understanding about how our business operates and the value that we bring to our customers. Yeah. Um, the, I think, so I think primarily when I came in, it was focusing on tapping into my network from, um, you know, from my previous roles, um, yeah. from, you know, my old customers, yeah. um, going also into um, you know, asking for referrals from our existing customers around you know, other people in their um, verticals who we should be talking to, um, yep. tapping into our investors as well. So we've got a lot of um, quite influential and very well-networked um, board members, um, asking them, you know, forming relationships at those levels yep. and asking for introductions. So it was really around just getting out there in the market because I think one of the things I struggled against was brand awareness yeah um which is still you know i think that's that's the ever sort of lasting battle 
um, as a scale-up company is just staying top of mind yeah. and to actually build, building that awareness in the market. Um, but mm. that was really my focus. Yeah, um, so yeah. From, from your point of view, so, so what was the, the learning curve like? Because obviously coming into uh, a market that you probably didn't know much about, uh, I'll take it, and, and how did you go about trying to hit the ground running as well as trying to uh, get your own sort of head around what, what it was you're actually offering and how it could help them? So do you mean like the um, wrapping my head around the technology side of things? Yeah, or? that's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Yeah, so I mean, I was kind of lucky enough that like Rackspace was, a, was kind of crazy um, in terms of the, the technologies that you had to get your head around. Okay. Like they, they supported AWS, Azure, Google Cloud, VMware, uh, on-premise infrastructure, um, Office 365, pretty much anything that you can think of to do with IT. We had to we had to get good at learning. So I was lucky enough that I was kind of that I had a good, very good framework of understanding of of how the market works, what the yeah. technologies are, and what they do. Um, I think there's a you can either go you can go either way. I think in sales you can either go super technical um, yeah. and be the SE and um, you know technology technologist and sales guy all in one. Yeah. Um, or you can kind of go the other way and, and sort of lean on your team, I guess, to, to fill in that uh, that level of expertise. Yes. I think I'm sort of somewhere in the middle where, like, it's it's obviously um, a, a very much a, a plus to be able to understand functionally what the technology does. Yeah. Um, but really what I focus on is who, who our customers are, who, who are the buyers within um, our, our target customers, what do they care about, um, what is this? What's the issue that this technology that we're selling actually accomplish? What What are we actually addressing here? Um, because I think when you try and go too far into the tech, you can lose sight of what your actual goal is. Um, yeah. Of so course. that was kind of my my approach anyway. And 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 how did you go about generating that business initially? Because you mentioned there you wanted to get obviously be at the forefront of their mind in terms of marketing aspects. So what was the plan there for, for new business generation? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think what we struggled with, um, you know, coming in as, as inbound leads, like there, there just wasn't really any. Um, so, so again, I guess, like, my, my first port of call is always to lean on your network. Like, if you, a lot of your IP as a salesperson is your reputation um, and your, if you've earned trust and you've, you've gained a good network of, of professionals, yeah. then you should be able to use that to say, hey, this is what I'm doing now. Let's, let's have a chat. Um, yeah. you know, who else should I be speaking to? Because I think that you know, getting, in front of, getting your foot in the door is always the biggest hurdle. Yeah. Um, so I think talking to um, you know, my network, again, the, the board, the shareholders, um, that, that was always my first port of call. I think um, also doing a lot of speaking events um, with uh, things like big data meetups, going to all of the, the technology events that are somewhat related to what we're doing. Um, it yeah. was really just about showing face and, and building some awareness. Yeah. Um, the, the other big one as well for me was, was trying to build out um, a functioning channel model because the, the nature of what we do is that we rely on a lot of um, you know, larger organizations like Amazon Web Services to deliver our product. And so, so what we get there is, is kind of a mutual sales funnel where their customers um, could be, you know, a, a lot of them are good prospects for us um, and we deliver it through Amazon Web Services. So it's kind of a good 
mutual uh, relationship there. So a lot of that is, you know, building out, um, you know, we did a lot of co-sponsored events, for example, um, financial services industries using open source technologies um, and AWS. So a lot of that kind of stuff, um, I try, you know, I'm not as active as I should be on, on LinkedIn. Okay. Um, you know, I, I think I, you know, I, I am on it, but I think I've still got a lot of uh, work to do there. Um, and then, and then you've got your other means. So just, just picking up the phone, prospecting, um, yeah. you know, looking at, at recent publications in CIO magazine, trying to, trying to, you know, understand what projects are going on and just, yeah, picking up the phone, um, yeah. and just, just prospecting. Old school. So what? So what? Yeah. That's it. So what? What are your? What are your? How's your time sort of split up now in the day? Do you do you spend time sort of consciously to generate new business, or is it? Did you kind of uh, to find that your day is just sort of taken away from you in terms of meetings and that type of thing? Yeah. So I I think it's a it's a super important um, time for you to block out for yourself every day. Um, yeah. You know, I think if you can, what I try to do. Um, is to block out two hours every day of new new lead generation activities. Yeah. Um, and, and that's it's hard to do because you can't turn your email off, so you often mm-hmm. get bombarded. But you really need to prioritize that um, as a salesperson, and you need to treat it in your calendar like it is a new customer meeting. Yeah. You know, because the, it's so easy to to push it away. You know, when when other things come up, like you've got a you know contract or whatever to put out or you know, you've got marketing talking to you about different activities. Like you yeah. really need to have that time as a, as a high priority task, because if you don't, then, you know, you'll end up working these deals that you're looking at closing, but yeah. you're doing nothing to top up, top up the funnel. And so you close this, this deal and then mm. you go back to the drawing board and you're like, well, wow, shit, I've got yeah, nothing to yeah, fall yeah. back on. I've got to start again. Yeah. So it's a, it's a super important activity to be really disciplined about. Sure. And, and what does that consist of? Those two hours that you would block out then, what, what would that consist of? So obviously phone that you mentioned, uh, is there any other sort of business development activities that you sort of would count as um, sort of business generation? Well, yeah. So I, I guess like what, you know, you can, you can work with your, your CRM to build up different, um, you know, kind of campaigns really t- yeah. you know, fi- I think the first thing is like building a really good list. Like who, who are you contacting What's your pitch going to be to different, um, you know, positions within that company? Get yeah. really clear about like how, like what, what do they care about? Um, and sort of crafting your, your message um, to really appeal to that. Yeah. Um, so, I, and also I think, but, you know, it's, it's also difficult because everyone is doing this, right? And, and like, I think the, the biggest thing now, just like if you're trying to get your product on a shelf in a supermarket is cutting through the noise. Yep. You know, like, so, so they're getting emails every single day uh, from the next salesperson tr- promising them the best thing. Yep. So it's like, how do you break through that? And I think it's just about kind of mixing it up. Mm. Um, you know, you can, so email, like if you're going to do, if you're really going to do it, you need to have, I think, a mix of mediums that you approach it with. So you need email, you need to call, you need to send video messages. Yep. Um, you know, you can even look at things like sending you know, snail mail post and, and just say, Hey, you know, saw this article would love to get, get some time in your calendar. Just, just yeah. something different. 
Yeah. Um, because, yeah, it's, it, I think that's the hardest thing is just cutting through the noise. So Yeah, a couple uh, of things there. This, uh, this, uh, Sally McKenna, the first guest I had on, as they, um, on the podcast, that she, she mentioned all those different, um, different formats of communication because everyone reacts differently to um, so an email or a call or a vid- video, for instance. Mm. Um, it's funny that you mentioned Snail Mail because uh, I had a, a conversation with a, a sales trainer a couple of weeks ago, and he said that what works for him is that he will send out, he'll get his virtual assistant to send out um, mail, um, and then he'll follow that up with a phone call. And his, his hit rate is, is ridiculously high. It was something like 70%. Uh, it would get uh, at least a, a conversation going or getting a meeting with them. Yeah, wow. um, And that was just based on, because no one, it's funny because no one else is doing it. And, uh, and a couple of days ago, I had a conversation about uh, sort of uh, cold calling and phone and um, sort of prospects. And, um, and I mentioned in a, a recent podcast too, is that there's, I, I did a phone call and um, the, the reaction was, I, I was really, I, I liked the, the, the approach because they liked the approach because no one else is actually doing it, which is actually quite scary because how, especially with his sales, well, how are they actually generating business uh, without actually picking up the phone? Because you'd think mm. that some part in the process, the phone is going to still play a big part in that process, if you know what I mean. So, For sure. um, so yeah, I think your point there and, and using different sort of formats of communication is brilliant. Yeah. Um, so, so what? How much now from the from when you started to um, to, to to now two years later is are you getting uh, in, inbound um, leads coming through now, or is it still sort of quite small uh, in that regard? Uh, yeah. Look, I, I would probably say it's probably about thirty percent. Um, mm. for, of the, you know, so it's, it's lifted a lot. Um, the, yeah. the thing is with, with inbound as well is that people are self-qualified. You know, the, yeah. the, the buyer's journey that you go through now, you, you kind of, they, they get to you to a stage where they've done the research, they've, they've done some competitive analysis and people are only, you know, they're putting a message on your website when they say, okay, I'm ready to talk to a salesperson now because I've, yeah. I've actually formulated what it is I want in my mind. So those typically have a lot higher close rates yeah. and if you're any good at what you do and you know your that first call was all about qualifying out you know like yeah. really like qualifying hard around around those kind of initial metrics that yeah. you know that you need to to have a very clear vision on if they're going to be a good fit or not yeah um and and those typically have a, a lot higher close rates so you don't need a lot of qu- uh, quantity so long as that, that quality is up. And so if marketing are doing their job well, which they're, yeah. they're getting a lot better at, then of um, course. You know, that's obviously an extremely valuable source. Yeah, sure. And, and, and that 30% that's coming in, what, what does that consist of? What do they, what, in terms of the marketing aspects, is it, is it through sort of pay-per-click? Is it through Facebook ads? Or what, what's kind of marketing, is it? Uh, so this is, um, I think it's, it's kind of a mixture. So a lot of it is... Um, you know, the sort of Google AdWords where, you know, they'll be um, tracking different personas. Um, they, yeah, I, I don't have a lot of visibility into to what pati- particular coming. kind of um, tactics they're following. But, yeah, yeah, we're doing a lot of blog posts. Like a lot of that, because it is quite a technical audience um, of our yeah. particular product, there's a lot of um, emphasis on, you know, we have full-time blog writers, for example. So they okay. just pump wow. out content. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's all about appealing to kind of the the technologists um, who are probably considering you know that they're, they're working for a larger organization and considering 
you know, leveraging these types of technologies like Kafka and Cassandra um, yep. to be able to, to, you know, improve their operations. Sure. Um, and that, so sort of trying to get them in, in that stage of the buying, uh, that journey is, um, you know, a key, a key time. And, and then and it's what, about picking up the phone. <laughs> yeah, of course, exactly that. So, yeah. so in terms of, so, so what, what kind of decision makers are you, um, would be your typical sort of contact that you'd be in touch with? Yeah, so it's kind of changed um, since, I, since I've joined. So when, we, when I first started, because it was kind of a point solution, so it was mm. just Apache Cassandra, yeah. um, and, and so it was a very, very niche market. And it was also a very, um, very much a tech, technology buy, right? So we'd be mostly dealing with guys like uh, head of data engineering, head of data operations, um, even, even system um, system architects and things like that they would sort yeah. of be our, our primary points of contact yeah um now since we've kind of developed our platform to be more of an integrated um technology platform for yeah. really so really what what it is now is that we have search um streaming analytics all as all as one integrated managed service and yeah. so the value layer is a lot higher um, so it's now it's not longer any just a point solution, but it's more mm. of a strategic kind of integration. So if companies want to go the open source route and they yeah. need, you know, it's extremely high um, availability of their platform that they need, then mm. the, it, it elevates the conversation. So we, you know, then you start, you know, talking to CIOs, CTOs, uh, VP of operations, VP of engineering. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously it depends on what size the organisation is that you that you're talking with. Um, but it's definitely changed a lot. And with sure. that as well, it also brings, um, you know, longer sales cycles and um, yeah, more, more complex just... deals and things like that. That's right. I was just going to ask you what, what would the typical sales cycle be? Is it, does it tend to be sort of six months plus with that, something like that? Um, so it, it kind of, it all depends on the urgency and, you mm. know, on, on, on each situation. But yeah, on average, I would say it's, it's between three and six months would be the average deal cycle. Yeah. Um, that, that's pretty normal. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, so obviously coming into the business when it was new like that and knowing that it was a quite a long cycle, um, how did you sort of keep yourself motivated without sort of pulling your hair out? Because I can imagine with a, with a cycle like that when it's six months and you, you've really got to prove yourself when you join the business, it's quite mm. tough. Yeah. Well, luckily enough, I kind of, I was able to, to close some deals pretty quickly when okay. I first started. So that was kind of, you know, I guess mixture of uh, luck and skill, but um, yeah. to, um, to kind more of... Skill. More skill than luck, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think so. But, you know, so sort of managed to take a bit of the, the heat off by doing that. Um, but, mate, I, I think so long as like, I, sales is, is, you know, from what I've learned, in my experience is that it's a very much an emotional roller coaster. Mm. And, you know, when you win, everything is amazing. You, there's a, there's a saying champagne and razor blades, right? It's, it's <laughs> yeah. like, a, um, you know, and, and when you, and when things don't go your way, when you lose a deal, um, mm. you know, it can be, it can be really like, it can be hard. And, and I think yeah. the most important thing is, is that you stay level mentally and yeah. so long as that you're doing the right activity, you're, you're structuring your process the right way and that yeah. you're, you're going about your business, um, you know, in a way that, that reflects your values and like you're not doing anything that uh, I guess, you know, makes you question what you're doing so long as you, yeah. you can act with integrity 
and that you can build trust and build, you know, the, those really good relationships and, and sales cycles, then yeah. the outcomes are going to follow. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just a, you know, matter of, of just working on that and making sure that, you know, I still get affected, of course, when you lose a deal, but so long mm. as you can kind of moderate it, you know, and yeah. when you win, you get, of course, it's great, but don't get too excited as well because you know the yeah, next loss is right. Yeah, of course. Oh, that's, well, that's just that's just recruitment for you as well. So I'm used to that. Yeah, so, yeah. So, in terms, so how do you do it? So, say for instance, you lost a deal um, that you've been working on for that that amount of period of time. How how do you deal with it, sort of yourself, sort of mentally, and and how do you get it, get over it? Well, I, I think so long, I, the, a really good exercise is to do a loss review. Yeah. And and to to actually set that up with with your prospect that you lost the deal deal with. So I think that that should always be your first port of call, okay. is to is to actually say with them, okay, look, appreciate your decision. Um, what's really important for, from our perspective is that you know we've invested a lot of time in this deal, um, in this opportunity as a business. We'd all really value the opportunity to to figure out where our shortcomings are what were, you know, the key things that, that sort of guided you towards the competitor and things like that. Because you can actually, I think you, you learn a lot more from your losses than you do your wins. Yeah. Um, so long as you can just treat it and, you know, don't get too down the dumps because there's, there's no value in that. Yeah. Um, if you can treat it as a learning opportunity, um, figure out where you went wrong, how you can improve. If it's a product thing, you know, to circle that back and then um, just move on improve yeah of course and and what, what's the reaction like from you your prospects when you, you're asking that question are they quite forthcoming in, in giving you an honest answer yeah I, i've never actually had um anyone refuse to do a loss review before okay um I, I think that they've they're always open um especially you know you wouldn't do it if it was just straight out you were never in the deal because mm. You know, there's that that kind of stuff happens often. But when you, I'm talking more. You know, you get down to the final two. Final it's two, been yeah. it's been a three four month, um, you know, cycle, and you know, you the whole business has invested in. That's when, yeah. you know, and, and I think they they want to as well. You know, there's yeah because there's often a lot of different stakeholders in these types of opportunities mm. um, from your prospect side as well, and you probably have people that were batting for you. Yeah. Um, but it's just, you know obviously certain things happen throughout the the process that that yeah. may change that. So it's it's good just to be able to uncover that and and learn and improve. Of course, and I suppose you you don't know what's around the corner, and that 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 obviously loss this time round is it doesn't mean it's a loss in the future, and it helps you build towards that as well. I suppose. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. I, I've um, you know, what, at, at Rackspace, I I had a um, I had this massive deal forecasted. It was like a it was like a sixty grand a month deal. Yeah. Um, it was for um, this this new sort of financial services application. Yeah. Um, it was about a two year deal cycle. I ended up <laughs> I ended up losing it like that. They had a new board come in. They pretty much ca- came into our came into our boardroom and said, "Look, you guys are way too expensive. There's no yeah. way we're going to do this. We're going with you or, or something yeah, like yeah. that." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just like, wow. oh, shit. But, you already um, spent it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so anyway, like our, our general manager was in the meeting with me and. Um, so, but anyway, like we, we maintained contact and, um, yeah. we ended up after another year, like once we sort of, so we furthered our, our offering and we started uh, providing services over different cloud providers yeah. and we ended up winning the business. So it wow. was like, it was one of those ones where, yeah, you lose it, but don't, don't ever burn your bridges cause you don't know, you know, when it's oh, going to come course. back. 
Yeah, no, fantastic advice. So, which, which funny enough, leads me on to the sort of next uh, subject. He's, he's about mindset. And, and I always ask my guests this because it's interesting to get everyone's viewpoint on it. And I think everyone has uh, different, everyone seems to have different answers on how they sort of establish and maintain the right mindset. So, what, what do you do? Um, obviously, those sort of scenarios that you mentioned there when we spoke about that, that, that obviously require you to have a certain mindset. Um, so, what do you do to ensure you're having the right mindset? Um, during these periods of time and, and did, is it something that you do daily yeah so i think well there's a there's a couple of different angles so the the one i think so the mindset when you say say when you're preparing for a call when yep. you're preparing for for a sales call and you might get nervous or yep. you're like okay well i've got to present this idea i've got to pitch this or you know you kind of go over in your mind um you know what what you've got to do or who you've got to impress the thing is is like you've got to really check yourself as to what are your intentions like yeah. really like because i often find that like if i get nervous if you can say to yourself well why am i nervous what am i actually trying to do here what are your intentions behind this meeting if your intentions are to try and sell something and that there's a certain amount of pressure on you like whether it's self-imposed or whether it's from the business then that's not the right way to go about it because everyone, you know, no one likes getting sold to. Everyone likes yeah. buying, right? So yeah. I think your, your job as a salesperson is cre to create an atmosphere where people are comfortable to buy yeah. um, rather than, you know, trying to sell them something. And, I, and so I think with that, it's all around, like, just mentally check where you are before a call. Um, you yeah. know, if you're not feeling great or you're anxious or whatever, just remember that you're there to understand whether or not they're a fit. And if, if they are, great. If they're not, that's great too. But it's yeah. like more creating that peer-to-peer -peer, um, relationship and that, peer, and that sort of trust. Yeah. Um, and it's okay. If they're, if they're not a great fit, then that's fine. So, yeah, yeah, it's not taking it personally, isn't it? Yeah, just, exactly. Uh, moving exactly. on to the next. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that, was, that would be me. And then I, I guess just, you know, when you're sort of going through the, the ups and downs of the wonderful world that sales, I guess, mate, just – doing your having life outside of work is always uh yeah you know something that i would uh, very strongly um advise you know exercise eat well see your friends you know just yeah i guess just try to live as a balance a balance of life as possible <laughs> yeah and I, I think that's tough if a, especially when when things aren't going well is to try and maintain that balance because i think those are the times where um, it's probably most important to have your time away from the business or as as much as it is to to, to work your way out of uh, sort of the trouble if you know what i mean mm. um so i think that balance is 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 tough when things aren't going as smoothly as you initially think uh, initially thought so say for instance you started uh, InstaCluster and didn't get those deals in for the first six months. And then trying to remind yourself it that you still need to maintain that balance, still need to exercise, still need to eat well. Yeah. It's really hard to sort of keep that, uh, keep that mindset in, in those scenarios. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's, um, it is. And I, I think, you know, and I think we're all um, victims of it. And, but yeah, it's, I, I, it's probably one of the hardest things I would say from sales yeah. because there is, it's what you sign up for, right? It's why, of you know, it's, it's, it's the, you know, you get paid commissions and, you know, you, if you do really well, then you get paid well. If you don't, you don't. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah. like, I think it's that direct business contribution that draws people to the role. Like that's, you know, you, you've got a bigger stake in the game and that's, 
that's what you love about it. And that's what, yeah. you know, I, I could really never go back from is like really being a part of the business. But the, the other side of that is that you're responsible and you're accountable. And yeah. so if things don't start going your way, you've also got to then manage stakeholders and say, well, this is what I'm doing. These are the activities, you know, this yeah. is why we lost, but you know, so you've just got to make sure you manage it well yeah and i think i think like you said earlier as long as you're doing the activity and you're doing all the right things then eventually uh with with that amount of activity these the successes do come so it's just keeping that sort of in mind isn't it when it's not that not yeah. going that well exactly so, so from, from your point of view so, so so throughout your career um what would you say have been your sort of highest points and what have you been your lowest points and and from those lowest points how have you managed to overcome them Mate, um so i think Highest points, I, I would say I'm actually probably at a bit of a peak in, in, in my career at the moment. I think, um, yeah. you know, building a, a super successful um, business within, within InstaCluster here with Asia Pacific is massive. Um, yeah. You know, I'm about to go on the road um, across Asia uh, next month to, to Japan, Mumbai, uh, Singapore, Thailand. Nice. Um, yeah. So I'm meeting, meeting some of our clients. I'm shooting videos with them to, for case studies doing talks in Tokyo, um, yeah. like, you know, um, selling to different markets, um, yeah. really, you know, very large enterprises. Um, you know, I think, it, yeah, it's, it's a very, very cool place to be. And so I'd yeah, say that this definitely. is, um, you know, probably one of my highs. For and, sure. the, and, the, and the talks that you're doing, is that something that comes naturally to you or is it something that you've actually had to work on? Um, it's definitely something I've had to work on for sure. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's, I'm not like a supernatural um, public speaker, yeah, um, but, it's, <laughs> but it's probably, I think it's one of the, the things, the more you do, the more comfortable you, you get at it, right? Yeah. And, and sort of, um, yeah, so, so I think, yeah, my ones, I always try to keep very high level, you know, maybe you, you just talk about the, the origins of the company, yeah. about some case studies of your, you know, some, some recent customers that you've, you've had on board and then hand it over to the people who actually do stuff. <laughs> talk, talk, talk <laughs> yeah. Tech. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, so um, you just yeah. you just kind of threw yourself in at that then, and just decided that's something that you look to do, and just sort of um, sort of progress from there, and, and eventually just got comfortable with it. Yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> you know, when you put your hand up for that kind of stuff, it's people mm. that people are normally pretty accommodating. So yeah. it means that they don't have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but um, yeah, so yeah, yeah. look, it's uh, but it's definitely something I'm I'm looking to do more of. So yeah, um, yeah, it's we'll always with that. always good. Cheers, mate. But yeah, the, in terms of the lows, yeah, um, I guess we we talked about we talked about you know how to get through that. I would, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, I don't not, no no real low kind of stands out to me. But mm. I think again, it's like all of the all of your losses you need to you need to take as a learning opportunity. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when you lose big deals, you learn from it. You know, you, if you can talk with your um, prospect about why and sort of take that and yeah. move on and prove, then, you know, I think that's the, the biggest outcome. So losing and, you know, isn't, isn't necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, most definitely. And, and in regards to um, just one last final question is one, one that I'm uh, starting to ask all guests now is that if you was to give yourself one piece of advice when you first started out in sales, um, what would it be? Uh, and what, <laughs> why? Okay. Um, I would say people buy from people they trust. Yeah. Um, so I would say if I were to give myself advice, I would probably say that, 
maybe you know your ability to to build relationship and trust is a big part of where you, why you are where you are today so you know yeah. don't don't lose that um yeah uh, then just be hungry pick up the phone make mistakes and learn from them um yeah. and l- ask lots of questions and always be qualifying yes <laughs> excellent great bit of advice um, so no it's, it's been a pleasure it's been a pleasure to get you you on tim and, and in terms of um the audience where where can they reach out to you where's the best place to for them to get in touch yeah, mate. So probably just LinkedIn, I'd say. So Timothy, yeah. Timothy Palmer. Um, yeah. yeah, happy to to connect and have a chat to anyone, anyone listening, or anyone keen to you know explore anything further. Yeah, but, um, I'm actually I'm actually uh, going to be hiring uh, soon for for some inside sales roles and building yeah. out um, a bit of a, a bit of a pod for for Asia Pacific. So yeah. Uh, yeah, please get at me if you're keen to to learn more. Yeah, fantastic, Tim. Well, it's been a great pleasure and, and uh, real good insight in getting to uh, understand your background and experience. So all the best with business. Uh, I wish you all the best and uh, it sounds like it's going in the right direction already. Awesome, mate. Thanks, Adam. And, Perfect, and best Tim. luck with this too. Cheers. Thanks, Tim. Cheers, Take mate. care. Bye. Bye.